0: Get informed. Get inspired and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now.
1: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm the communications manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today my guest is Rachel Ardenoy. She's an attorney. Her company name is RZA Legal. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Thanks for
2: having me, Bethany.
1: Thank you for being on the show, and thanks for being a member of NCIA. So let's kick it off by learning more, a little bit about you, about your background, who you are, and what you were doing prior to getting involved in the cannabis movement and in industry.
2: Sure. Um, I started off as an attorney in florida um practiced there for a few years in family law estate planning elder law some criminal defense um before law school and before becoming an attorney i uh first event that i attended at florida state university's campus when i was an undergrad was a normal meeting and seeing keith stroop talk and i was obviously yeah i was inspired and um you know, was very active in the Florida state chapter of normal and always had, you know, the feeling that, you know, this should be legal. And so um, went to law school, sort of put that on the back burner as many do when they are in law school. And then I um, got out of school, cu- really cut my teeth going to court, doing those other areas of law. And then my husband and I decided to relocate to Colorado. We had friends and family out here and had visited a few times and really, truly loved it. We were kind of sick and tired of North Florida. Hmm. So I took- Yeah. So I took the bar out here um, and became an attorney out here in 2014 and we relocated in 2015 and I figured since I'm, you know, picking up my life moving across country and kind of reinventing myself, it was an opportunity to reinvent my career as well. I still wanted to be an attorney, but didn't really love doing what those areas of law I was doing back in Florida. Mm. And so um, was, became acquainted with this industry and, uh, sort of jumped in feet first uh, back when I first became an attorney out here in Colorado, and that was a little over three years ago.
1: Wow, yeah, th- definitely a big move, a little bit of a different climate.
2: <laughs> definitely. Yeah,
1: Oh yeah, that reminds uh, Keith Strope you mentioned from from uh, from your normal days. I I think I remember when I lived in D.C. about a dozen years ago. I was at a cannabis activist party and ended up smoking a joint with him without realizing who he was. It was kind of funny. <laughs> After I walked away, my friends were like, "Oh my God, do you know who that was?" And I was like, "Oh." wow, that's pretty cool. I,
2: I hung in there pretty well. <laughs> that's awesome. I have a feeling like hundreds of people have a similar story when it comes to Keith.
1: Because
2: <laughs> he's just so chill and nonchalant,
1: like especially in like a party scene. He's just a cool guy, right? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, so obviously you mentioned kind of your shift here to Colorado. Um, was, was there an inspirational moment um, other than – learning about cannabis prohibition issues that really got you into um, wanting to do this for the cannabis industry a lot of people have a personal story or you know maybe a family member who benefited from cannabis is there anything like that going on with you there
2: I hear you and and I frequently say the same you know almost everyone has a story about how cannabis has touched their life whether it was positive or negative um, whether it was themselves personally or a family member, um, you know, it was always something that uh, I felt shouldn't be illegal. You know, I was a consumer in college. Um, you know, continue to be a consumer, and so you know, I always felt that we just are living in a backwards system right now with this being and you know so you mm-hmm. know on par with heroin and LSD and other you know heavy drugs. Um, you know, according to the government, of course. Um, but uh, you know the freedom of of moving across the country and then you know and, and also the inspiration to just say you know I really don't love what I'm doing I don't you know as a family attorney and you know doing that kind of divorce work and things it's you know that it's definitely a a role that needs to be played but it's just something that I couldn't I wasn't feeling inspired by and so when I moved out here you know that was in 2015 I took the bar in 2014 well that's when um, all of the recreational laws sort of went into effect in 2014 and dispensaries were opened and I sort of saw how it was going and um, it was just kind of uh, appeared to be a niche that needed to be fulfilled because, you know, previously the only interaction folks had with lawyers and marijuana was for criminal defense. Uh-huh. And so, you know, we that's not something, you know, So so my role here in terms of helping with regulatory compliance and helping entrepreneurs who want to break into the industry, you know, get into it successfully, um, you know, that was really something I felt pretty passionate about. And so uh, very serendipitously, I uh, was acquainted with another cannabis attorney out here Mm -hmm. while I was looking for a job and she offered me a position to work with her firm and so um, I got to do that and that was really very helpful, I worked with her firm for about two and a half years and then um, you know my priorities shifted, I had a baby, you know my family's growing and so decided I needed some more flexibility so that's why I started RZA Legal. Um, But it was definitely just I think a feeling of justice that you know folks who want to get into this industry, who believe in the plant, um, really need some guidance on the less um, sexy aspects of it, which would be you know preparing your contracts and getting your company formed and all of those kinds of things. And so that's really the goal I wanted to uh, provide for my clients. Great,
1: great, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, we'll definitely get into into more detail later in the show about. What you're what you're actually doing for sure. Um, So then, so the name of your firm is RZA Legal. Those are your initials, right? Rachel Z Ardenoy.
2: Correct. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Great. Um, So you're working with business owners in the cannabis industry and guiding them through some of the more yucky legal stuff uh, that needs to be dealt with so they can focus on running their business. Does that sound about right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, like any other industry that is, you know, in its beginning phases – things are moving fast and both the regulators and the industry participants are sort of figuring this all out as they go and you know you have to get things wrong to get things right and so things are just constantly changing whether that's trends, laws, regulations, etc. and so you know it's important to sort of stay on top of that stuff and of all the things that uh, cannabis entrepreneurs have on their plate that's one thing that you know I like to take the stress off of the clients for is say listen I'll keep you apprised of the updates. We'll make sure you stay in compliance and you guys focus on really running the business and getting it up and growing. Sounds great. And
1: and of course, as we all know, it goes without saying, the cannabis industry has a long, long, mile-long list of regulations and compliance to pay attention to. And as you mentioned, sometimes they're shifting around and it's difficult to keep on top of that. So any services like legal services that can help our cannabis industry business owners actually focus on running their actual business is a, is a godsend. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to take a commercial break here in just a minute. Um, I do want to ask our listeners if they have some feedback about the show, if you like it, if you want to hear more of a certain topic or if you'd like to suggest a speaker for our show, I would love to hear from you. Please give me an email message at podcast at org, and just let me know how you like it, what you want to hear, and I look forward to getting that feedback from my listeners. Okay, so we're going to break for a commercial break here for just a minute, but we'll be right back to talk more with Rachel Ardenoy, a attorney serving the cannabis industry here in the state of Colorado. So please don't go away, we'll be right back.
0: NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our
3: sponsors. At Alternative Vibes, our core values of quality, loyalty, respect, and honesty guides us in our mission to help families find peace and harmony through our products and services. Whether you are looking for a more natural way of living, shopping essential oils, topicals, and edibles, or searching for a path towards achieving your goals, we are your choice. Learn more about our complete line of natural products and solutions at alternativevibes.com. Bringing quality of living to life. AlternativeVibes.com. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code HEMP420 for a 20% discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD.
0: Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio and I'm your host Bethany Moore. I'm talking with Rachel Ardenoy a le- legal attorney here in the state of Colorado serving the cannabis industry and she's also a member of NCIA. So, um, so here in Colorado and anybody in the cannabis industry, everybody needs a lawyer at one stage or another and hopefully not because they've gotten in trouble as you've mentioned earlier, uh, which is what people are probably used to. What are What are some of the big reasons business owners in the cannabis industry should get legal support from a cannabis attorney? At what stages is this most important?
2: Those are great questions. Um, And I would say that throughout the life cycle of a cannabis business, it's important to sort of check in with your counsel and your, your attorney, who hopefully is. Um, well-versed in cannabis law in your state um, to make sure that you stay on the right path and to avoid pitfalls. So, a few examples would be, you know, just in, having an interest in marijuana law. It's, I think it's key at that point to meet with a cannabis attorney if you're not already familiar with the industry, and even if you are, to meet with a cannabis attorney because they're going to be up to date on what is currently the regulations, what might have flown in the past might not fly now. And importantly, what works in typical business situations may not work in the cannabis industry based on all of the regulations that cannabis businesses are um, subject to. So I think once you have an idea, running it past a cannabis attorney to say, is this legal? Is the way we want to structure this legal? Um, you know, just sort of getting the 30,000 foot view, getting the ground rules under your belt. So that way, when you're out there, trying to put together a deck and a business plan and investors and a marketing plan and, you know, all of the, you know, the SOPs and the experts, for you know, to grow your successful cannabis business team, you know that at least you're starting off on the right foot and that you, you know, your plan even, even has a chance under the regulations and the laws that govern the business. And right. so I think that's sort of the, fir- the best first step. And then once you sort of have gotten that under your belt and have gotten some you know, legwork done and some, you know, putting things together, it really would help if your attorney was involved in the process of helping, you know, paper those financing deals, making sure that they're all compliant with the regulations. Because typically, at least in Colorado, most every contract um, that a cannabis business is involved in has to get submitted to the marijuana enforcement division who issues our state licenses. So in those cases you want to make sure you get it done right the first time because there's nothing worse than you know spending lots of time and effort and negotiations on contracts getting them drafted and then the marijuana enforcement division or other regulators say no that does not comport with our rules okay. so you know pennywise, don't be penny wise and pound foolish um, you know put out the money to have an expert have a, a cannabis business attorney um, at least just review those kinds of contracts uh, once you're up and going, right? So, you know, from the idea phase, it's nice to s- stop in and make sure that your idea is going to fly. Then, you know, once you have the ideas sort of getting cemented down and the contracts have to get drafted, making sure that the cannabis attorney is taking a look at those and helping you through the licensing process. Um, helping you find proper real estate. I mean, these are all really important homework sort of ground level steps you have to do before you can, you know, start putting plants in the ground. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's just a lot to keep track of on the regulation side. You know, here in Colorado, you have to have a state and a local business license to operate. Some local governments don't issue local licenses, so Mm -hmm. don't sign a lease there. Um, You know, there's there's a proper... Yeah, there's just a proper, you know, timing and procedure of doing these things to make sure you get it right, so, you know, keeping your attorney sort of in the fold on where you're at on those is going to sort of keep you on the right path. And then, you know, through maintenance of the business, through growth of the business, et cetera, and then, you know, we have folks who have had a lot of fun in the industry and are ready to move on to the next thing, and those folks are selling their businesses. There's a lot of buying and selling of marijuana businesses in the state of Colorado, and so, you know, help, having an attorney represent you and protect your interests when you're, you know, selling this business that you built from the ground up is gonna really um, you know, be valuable to you in the event of of that sale. So yep. I think along the whole sort of life cycle and all the stages of those business, um, it really would be helpful to consult with your cannabis attorney to make sure that what you're doing is is right and, you know, that you're protected.
1: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. You don't want to operate off of false assumptions from the get-go, and attorneys can be your friend at every stage, as you've said, from inception to your exit plan from your business. So, in most cases, a business owner needs to see an attorney as part of their team and not necessarily a a separate vendor that, you know, maybe they only call when there's a problem, but rather a support system. So I'm sure you've seen some mistakes made along the way that you've had to jump in and save the day for some business owner. Do you have any examples like that?
2: I mean, yeah, I've worked with clients in the past who have sort of not done what I just talked about, you know, they've sort of jumped into a deal to buy or sell a business, um, you know, already came up with agreements, um, drafted and signed and, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, enforceable contracts that would never have been approved at by the regulators. Mm. And so, you know, those folks wound up having to have to unwind a lot of deals. And put them on the right path. And I think it's, you know, what I've seen is it's put their timeline very far behind. Um, so that's a major mistake I've seen. Um, you know, one thing that we're seeing a lot of because, at least in Colorado, publicly traded companies um, are not available to hold ownership in a marijuana business. And since there is still the state, federal, um, you know, issue and uh, with banking banking being by and large unavailable to cannabis businesses and that includes business loans um wow, you know yeah. we've seen problems people run into issues with securities law you know trying to raise money um you know coming up with unacceptable financial terms um with potential lenders uh things of that nature where you know okay well we have this guy he's, Committed to you know half a million dollars and under X Y and Z terms and it's like no that's never going to fly under the regulations. There are ways to be successful in you know funding your company, but we need to do it you know according to the rules that say X Y and Z. So you know I hate to tr- be a deal killer. This that's not what you know being an attorney is about. Um, we just want people to be doing it compliantly because again, we don't want, like you said, we don't want to see them getting into trouble down the road. So, Mm -hmm. you know, being creative, but also, you know, ethical and looking at all the laws, rules and regulations and seeing what we can get done, um, I think is a big, important piece. Um, and then the the mistakes that I've seen folks, you know, you know, one small service I do for my clients is prepare their, um, applications to be submitted for their licensing. You know, I've seen folks, when I've been down there to submit the applications that I've prepared, um, you know, looking very frazzled. Maybe it's an employee of of a licensee who they've sent down two, three, four times, and there may be a small issue with the application that they keep getting turned away for. And by the time you've paid that employee for going back to the um, regulators four or five times to submit your paperwork you've already paid them more than you would pay a cannabis law expert who would have gotten it done right the first time without a headache. So um, those are other sort of examples that I've seen where, you know, mistakes can definitely be avoided as long as you've added, you know, you know, I see infused products companies, they add expert, you know, industrial hygienists to their team, you know, their, their sales team is on, on point, you know, they have amazing experts as part of their team and I would say, you know, having an experienced cannabis attorney who works with the regulators frequently is really going to be a benefit and uh, again, it's that penny don't be penny wise and pound foolish piece, you know, it's a little bit of outlay to work with your lawyer, but you definitely want to get it done right the first time and avoid the headache and, you know, peace of mind.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think most people know the value and importance of putting things clearly in writing, uh, especially when doing business deals. It protects everybody. And although cannabis is like super fun to consume sometimes, um, you know, a business is still a business. So um, quickly, do you do you think at this stage in 2018, there's still a lot of overtrusting handshake deals taking place or or are we, are we moving into a more mature phase where I think everybody knows what's up?
2: I yeah, I do. I still see a bit of both. Um, okay. You know, we are getting there. Yeah, I'm definitely seeing it. But you know, these like you said, these folks are very typically pretty friendly and relaxed, and so you know they want to. And, and again, they're just not used to working with lawyers a lot of the time, so they're not used to having to, have to really have those legal contracts in place.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's take another commercial break and then we'll be right back to wrap up our conversation with Rachel Ardenoy of RZA Legal. Stay tuned.
0: NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors.
3: be no crime hemp ink is even hot proved by the man who run high times oh yeah get it on android and i and ios today marijuana llama out got to tend to me on crap you know. money don't make itself hemp ink now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just 14 plus dollars plus 10 dollars shipping pouches premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease approximately 160,000 square
0: feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation.
3: Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process.
0: Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's cannabis industry voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All
1: right, we are back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, wrapping up our chat here with Rachel Ardenoy of RZA Legal. Uh, we've been talking about all the important reasons to have a cannabis expert attorney on your team. Part of part of what is needed to be done to have a successful cannabis business and of course we're all looking forward to the day when federal laws change and companies are able to more freely spread into other states and everything is different from state to state as well so your branding and intellectual property and everything is different from state to state so it's it's important to have an attorney in your in your team, so we've definitely established that. Um, so I met you recently uh, in July at one of NCIA's quarterly cannabis caucus events. So it was here in Colorado, um, and I believe you had just become an NCIA member at that time. What was your uh, What was your experience like at that first quarterly cannabis caucus meeting that you attended?
2: I thought it was wonderful. And not just because you gave an excellent summary of the federal updates, Bethany, but that was part of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I had fun
1: doing that. And and had a fun little Trump impression, too. <laughs> that,
2: was, that was very memorable, actually. Um, <laughs> no, I thought it really, um, attending these NCIA events really show how much the industry has up-leveled. And how, um, like you just described, you know, it, it is becoming more of a professional, um, industry and it's getting treated more, you know, normally and professionally. And we're seeing a lot of folks from different disciplines entering the industry who really bring a lot to it. So, you know, I'm really grateful that I joined NCIA. I'm looking forward to our next quarterly caucus coming up in Boulder in October. Um, wish I could have, uh, caucused with you. I'm sorry, rather, uh, advocated with you up on the hill and hoping to do that next year. But, yeah, I think that it's important to attend these kind of events and network and learn of what's, you know, stay updated, essentially, on what's going on in the industry, both, you know, from a legislative standpoint and from, you know, industry trends and things.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I know at the Colorado event, uh, it was just our federal policy update and organizational update. But typically, in these eight regions where we host quarterly cannabis caucuses, we do our best to find a state or local level speaker as well, either somebody on the regulatory side or um, somebody who can offer some insight into what's happening on the ground in that state or, or even in that city in some cases. Um, So we're looking forward to continuing to bring not only the federal uh, view but also connect everyone with what's happening on the ground in in your backyard as it were. Um, So I'm looking forward to next quarterly caucuses as well. Um, I'll be in Seattle, I get to go to the Pacific Northwest event um, and I'll be there um, in October looking forward to that as well. So and of course you mentioned Lobby Days, Um, we are looking forward to our ninth annual Cannabis Industry Lobby Days next year in 2019. Um, Hopefully we will see upwards of 300 cannabis industry professionals um, joining up, registering, and being a part of those meetings that we coordinate. Last year was fantastic. Can't wait to do it again. We gain more and more co-sponsors every single year we do this. The list grows of members of Congress who see the benefit, who want to help the industry, and see that This ancient prohibition, the the war on drugs, is one clearly not working, and two, it needs to go. Um, So, thank you again for being a part of these efforts, and I definitely hope to see you in D.C. next year as well.
2: Yeah, I I, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, this year I was able to lobby with Denver Normal um, with the you know, here at our Colorado State House. But, you know, and I think you and I may have discussed this, that, you know, this is the only industry, I think, on earth that not only do we have to work hard in our with our companies, but we have to advocate for the entire industry uh, to be in existence, and and we are kind of still in this gray area, unfortunately, um, between federal and state law, so, you know, it's so important to advocate for the industry, w- not just within the industry, and like you said, being involved at all levels, you know, state, local, federal level, because even here in Colorado, where it's been recreationally legal for some time now, and medically legal for even longer, you know, we still have progress to make, so it's we just have to keep going, right? Very, very true. All right. Well,
1: we have run out of time, but thank you so much for being on the show, Rachel. That's Rachel Ardenai of RZA Legal. And thanks to all the listeners for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time.